up for the last 10 minutes message that I have that is fresh. It's just a, I, I like to put things into context. So here we are with John, and I want you to capture. Why John? Why not his own brother and Leif? How can you? There was something in missing in my life that I knew that question came in that day, that I'm not ready to be entrusted to take care of what is the most valuable to him. And there's something I need to reorganize. There's something I need to reprioritize. I'm so busy. I have so much that I would not be able to host and take care of what is most valuable to him. That's maybe different from the different ones of us. But some of us, we're satisfied to be, or be among the crowds or science wonders and miracles or even the family or the glory realm. Or the, but, but there's something more. Say there's something more. And I don't know how it is with you, but I was longing for that more. And he was creating an appetite. My palate was ready. I was thirsty for something more. So I started this journey, and the first thing I saw about John was identity. Say identity. But the biggest thing is not every one of them. How many of you know that Jesus loves you? Just wave to me. I think that's a... I mean, Peter knew how much he loved him, and the guys knew how much he loved him. Jesus' own family knew how much he loved him. But it was something that happened with John, who used to be a temperamental, let's get fire, being a lion. There's something that happened with John. It's not just how much Jesus loves me. But John loved John the way Jesus loved John. My question today, do you love you the way that he loves you? Matthew never says it. Mark never says it. Luke never says it. Six times, John, 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 John. Describe John as the disciple who Jesus loved. You say, what about me? You can be one too. Because John got what the three had, what the 12 had, the 72, and the multitude had. It's not an exclusivity or just a sovereignty, but it has to do with how much of his love are you experiencing? And how comfortable are you with intimacy? Say identity. Say John loved John the way Jesus loved John. Say Jesus loved Jesus the way the Father loved Jesus. That's how they are one. Second was intimacy. Say intimacy. The leadership, the apostle leadership are coming into the room. One of you are about to betray me. Peter's kind of a, who is it? And John just goes and he leans in and says, head into Jesus' chest. And I'm a Norwegian Viking. We don't do that. Cold weather. Insulation. So when everybody's asking questions in this season, do you know how to put your head against his chest and feel his heartbeat? And let your ears be warmed by his heartbeat towards you. Peter's asking the question. The people are asking the question, but John gets the answer. Secret from the secret place. Say intimacy. Fellowship of the suffering. Say that. I don't like that one. I want Sunday without Friday. When chaos comes along, there's a first. First, everybody wanted a Palm Sunday. Revival, open heaven, heaven on earth. Karaba, Shaba, we have a king, king. And then Jesus changes the direction. And Thursday come along and the emotional tank is down. And then Friday is there and there's chaos. And it's not intended that way. But intention doesn't take you where you need to go. Direction does. I can intend to go to the airport. But if I'm driving in the wrong direction, you can pray for me, fast for me. I still... Don't end up there. So Peter had an intention. And Peter's heart, you need to see Peter. I'm heading to Peter here, but I'm just giving you a 
course, my question is the one I've wondered for 12 years. I've been going after John and learning about John and now even the future of the things to come. I'm just giving that framework. But just recently, a few, few months ago, I started to have a new encounter. And I realized, Leif, who are you the most like, Peter? I don't like that. I can tell you all these things I don't like about Peter and I don't like about myself. Because there was still something missed. I want to be like him. Why? Because I see me have something with Jesus. So the cross, when the cross come along, everybody is running except for John and women. All of you ladies. John was there on the long Saturday, and some of us have had a two, three-year Saturday between your Friday and your Sunday. But he was there. He was there on the Sunday with the resurrection. And John was the one that was entrusted to take care of what is the most valuable to Jesus. And John got the future of the things to come, the book of Revelation. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. So when you're looking at the future, this is the revelation. Let me tell you about him. Oh, I saw him. And he starts to describe him. Jesus was a lion that became a lamb so that we could become lambs that become lion. Jesus started out in heaven with all authority as a lion that came down. Kenosis, hypostatic union. He actually said that he came down to become a lamb so that we could become lambs that could start to operate. The identity is in the lamb. The authority is in the lion. So when we roar, people would scatter, not gather, because it comes from the lamb's heart. So John was a good lion, but he started to get to know, behold, the lamb. And 24 times the lamb is mentioned in Revelation and only one time lion. And at one time in Revelation 5, the lion becomes a lamb. Don't underestimate. That's what's happening in the Muslim world. They're not worried about my, they're not concerned about my lion, but they don't know what to do with a lamb. The ones that is coming to kill me, the one that stir up for six years in the meetings, and I'm like, God, what are you going to do about this guy? He says, he's not the problem, you are. Then you have authority over what you weep over, the lamb. And then you have authority where you love the lion. Are you guys okay? I am heading somewhere. Oh, this is so hard. We get to John chapter 20. Let me just give a little. I know I would probably go. They gave me one hour, so I still have about 17 minutes left. Are you guys okay? Are, are you, it is it's going to get because this is fresh. There's something because I feel there's something for us today. And even if that is seven, eight minutes where you get, that's what you're on. But this is the framework. So John chapter 20, verse 19 to 23. There's a simple framework for you to study by yourself. Now, all these disciples, they were in chair two. They were crippled in fear. They were being overwhelmed by their circumstances. This is after the resurrection. The disciples are there, starting at verse 23. And the reason the scripture, excuse me, chapter 20, let me slow down, verse 19, there they are in this room, and they are crippled in fear. I'm not going to, they maybe had their masks on. Overwhelmed, what's going on? They had a fear virus, and I'm not against masks. I wear it, so I just use that as maybe a bad joke. Because I think there's an indicator of this last season where a lot of us, we're buying into fear. Because we're talking about what this political party is doing or what this is doing. And even prophets are in chair two roaring. And it comes from fear. It's the lions without the lamb's heart. 
without being broken over what's broken. I know what those radical Muslims deserve. I see what I did to my brothers and sisters. Can you place that on me? I know Barabbas is a murderer and he's killing, but can you put that on me so he can become free? That's called the ministry of reconciliation. To represent God before people and people before God. That is the lamb in us. And that is the Christ in you. That is the hope of glory around you. So this beautiful lamb. So we're going into this journey, John chapter 20. But then Jesus, this is after his resurrection. The first time they get to see him. Jesus just comes and he appears among them in verse 19. He doesn't knock on the door because he is the door. And he's about to do the same with us in your car, in your room, in this room. He's about to overwhelm us with his presence. He didn't point us, oh, you guys are in fear. Chair two again. He didn't do that. Instead, what he did is just fills that room with his presence. Say his presence. As soon as the room gets filled with his presence, this is the resurrected Christ. This is the, he says, peace, peace, peace to Mary, peace to you. Peace, peace be with you. He imparts his peace. And now he's doing that again. So he releases his peace. Peace, peace, peace. Then he showed them his hands and his side. There's two things about that. One of that, that's a covenant statement. This is an I am statement. I am your healer. I am your strength. I am your joy. I am your freedom. Whatever you need, look at my hands and my side. It doesn't matter any issue in this room. Look at his hands and his side. I took care of that. But you forgot the wedding band. This is not another date with Jesus. You're married to him. And he is reminding them about marriage. This is covenant. There's healing in the covenant. There's healing in the atonement. Look at my hands and my side. What's your issue? Got a little fear. What about your? Got a little disappointment. What are you? Feel a little overwhelmed? Look at my hands and my side. You're not alone. The second thing I love about that from a leadership perspective, when he showed them his hands and his side, it is also, I can identify with you. Vulnerability. Sometimes we need to show people, even the world, not just our successes. But I can identify. Well, you don't understand. I just had a loss. Oh, John the Baptist. I was just betrayed. Oh, Judas. But it doesn't matter what issue you're going through. Look at his hands on his side. He can identify with you. And then the Bible says, they became glad. They got a new passion. Say it with me. Say his presence. His peace. His provision. His passion. And then he says, peace with now they're back into alignment. Now the assignment can begin. They're back into chair number one for the people that was here with wealth with God. They're back again into that resting place, full of his presence, full of his peace. Whatever I'm facing, the I am is here. And the only response back again is you are, you are. And the people around me will say he is, he is. Because what we capture, the finished work. I took care of that. This is a daily thing for me. Stop for a moment. Look at his hands. Grab that one too. And then, now they are in alignment. He said, now as the Father sent me, I also send you. 
That's the father said, Jesus is going to send us. Like lamb to be slaughtered in this kind of a world environment, Muslim world. Yay. So you're going to have a new purpose. After the season is over, you've had a Friday moment, a long Saturday, Sunday's come along, but now we're moving towards Monday. And we're moving, I'm just taking us to where I feel that he's going to take us prophetically speaking. What time is it? What is God doing? And what is my place in it? How can I represent his presence, his peace? How do I operate with his provision and have his passion and his peace? So I have his purpose. And then you would say, thank God it is Monday. Other people see ADHD, you say creativity. Because you don't see people the way they are, but how they will be. But you say, we're not allowed to teach this in the classroom. You had his presence, you can change the environment. And if God can take a cold Norwegian and change the temperature in mosques, what was your excuse? I was trying to be friendly. Are you okay? And then with that purpose, you need a new power. So he breathed them and says, receive, receive, receive the Holy Spirit. And they got a new empowerment to go along with a new assignment that came from the alignment. I know that was a little fast. They got the new, but with the anointing rest upon your assignment. And your assignment is connected to your alignment. And now with that, as the Father sent me, I send you. And don't be overwhelmed by it. I'm going to give you the power. I'm actually going to move on the inside of you so that you can represent the Father, just like I represented the Father. And then verse 23, if you, this is painful for me, if you forgive the sins of any, they will be forgiven. But if you retain the sins of any, they will be retained. Are you towards the Islamic world? Are you towards Columbus? Are you towards, let me be careful, Democrats, Republicans, or whatever group? I'm not saying you shouldn't vote. I'm not saying you shouldn't stand firm and love well. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a plumb line. But I'm saying the way that I see it has all to do with <gasps> Sodom. Like the one prophet friend of mine that stood on TV and said, the five cities, the six cities that deserves judgment. And if God doesn't judge America, he's going to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And later on after the program, I told my friend, friend, I just wanted to remind you that the problem with Sodom and Gomorrah was not perversion. It was that we didn't. Do we have 50 righteous? But what about 45 righteous? And there's enough righteous in this room to change the state. And change this. It doesn't take a lot of, doesn't take a lot of light to change darkness. We don't have a darkness problem, but lack of light. Oh, be careful. You can become a joyful Christian. And with all this darkness, your stock is about to go up. Look at the right portfolio. And if I touch the lepers, I can become unclean. Bill Johnson, if you touch the lepers, they become clean. Anyway, so our view towards the world. Now, we are part of the Ministry of Reconciliation. But here is where I'm heading, and then I will land it. So just recently, as I was saying, I came home, and I was tired little worn out. And then, uh, as I said, that we, 11 weeks, I was supposed to have Sabbath and rest. And every time there was such a war against rest. Have you noticed that? Every time you're supposed to kind of have rest, it seems like there's another storm. And there's some storms that Jesus is asleep in. 
They go, Jesus, where are you? And there's other storms. He's up there praying for you. And you cannot see him. But you need to know when you cannot see him, he can see you. Now I'm heading into the text. So I mentioned that. But then Peter's stuff came up. So I just been on this battlefield and took my electric bicycle. Beautiful day. First day. Yay. First day. Rest received. Become released. Back to chair one. Whoa. I'm just going to enjoy. I told my wife, I'm going to enjoy swimming pool. I couldn't kneel. But it was the first day in 11 weeks. I'm going to just enjoy life. with Kumbaya. This bicycle is nice. I don't even have to use strength up those hills. And this one is a fast. 35 miles an hour. And I'm heading down this hill on this golf course. And then this demonized squirrel is coming. And it suddenly changed direction and hit right in the front of me and took my front tire and I flipped over and didn't have a helmet, so this is my helmet. So I've just been in a healing process and this is the day of shalom of healing and then I'm in the hospital and in the emergency room and I'm whining, not shining. And I'm not going to tell you everything else, but then I had about 11, 12 other things that happened everywhere. And so you have one of those moments, your emotional tank is low, and now I'm setting you up for, and I'm sitting in a chair. And then he says, Lay, do you love me? This is John 21. Lay, do you love me? Do you know that I love you? I mean, here I won the International Peace Award by the president of Pakistan as an ambassador of love. I give my life. Excuse me. But I have learned one thing. He doesn't ask questions because he lacks answer. He just wants me to see what he sees. Second question comes in. Do you love me? And I'm just, I'm a little, I'm trying to prove to Jesus how much I love him. And you can see Peter in this setting. And I'm going to just put the Peter thing. You can read the verses yourself. I'm just putting it together. Maybe remember the story. But take time and see. I just, because I spent hours now just since then just actually started to fall in love with Peter. And I learned to fall in love with myself again. And I'm not wanting to be something that I'm not. But I realized that eventually that day, just a few months ago, after 12 years of studying this one thing about John, I realized that Peter got it. That it's going to set you for it to get you. And for the next Pentecost. That's, so the third time, do you love me? And that's the question to you. Jesus in front of you, do you love me? Do you love me more than anything else? Do you love me? And it is an Aramaic. So we're saying often agape, agape, ophelio, ophelio. No, this is an Aramaic. So when he's asking this question, and the last one, Lord, you know everything. Stop for a moment. Then Jesus said, Peter, when you were young, you could do pretty much what he wanted. You went wherever you wanted. But I saw you. I saw you. And he's describing, the scripture says, you can read the verses right after this, describe how Peter is about to die later on for his faith. I saw you. Some historian says, he says, I was not even worried, full of courage, full of boldness, full of love, full of, a whole different Peter after Pentecost. Not after the resurrection, not after the signs, wonders, and miracles, not after he had the three resurrection appearances before this. And still he was not transformed. He still went back to being a Simon again instead of Peter. 
I felt that there's a fire that God wants us to meet before we get ready for the Pentecost fire. That is between two fires. So give me, let me give you the background. So in the end of John chapter 20, Jesus does all these signs, wonders, and miracles. Again, three times he's appeared before them. So I showed you the John 20, but then you're going into the transition. Then it says that Simon Peter described who he was. Him and the guy, he said, I'm going to go back to fishing again. Guys, when was the last time that he wanted to go fishing? And what was the last fishing experience? Do you remember that? He is there. That's when he says, Lord, he left everything to follow Jesus. And many of us, we have left everything. And I left everything. I follow Jesus as a young Norwegian, been all over the world, 106 country. Give my life for you, Jesus. And now you're asking if I love you. So they go back to fishing again, but even now, and there's some people here in this room, you're trying to go back to figure to do something that was working in the past season. It's not working any longer. No matter how much experiences you have, you're trying to find something because you're no longer who you used to be, but you have not yet become what you're supposed to become. So in the middle of this inlet of transition that is going on, you're trying to find something familiar you can go back to. But it's not working. So they're fishing all night. They're getting very, they're not getting anything. And finally, their hands even is not used to this way of operating. 70% of passive money was not an issue. They would quit. Find something else. They're tired, feet none. And Peter was tired. I mean, it's been battle after battle. And here he is. His intention was good. I would never leave you, Jesus. If anybody else. And I'm sure that that's a heart for everyone here. What Jesus is doing, they're out there fishing, and then eventually this guy, they're coming into the shore, and this guy is yelling, hey, children. That's a very nice statement. Professional fishermen, especially Peter, a lot of testosterone. Hey, children, did you get any fish? This doesn't help. <laughs> Pain, disappointment. Hey, why don't you? And remember, when was the last time he did that? You maybe have him as a savior now, not the Lord, or as a healer now, but not Lord. Have we forgotten about the Lordship message? At that moment, back in the days, Lord, I left my wife, I left family, I left everything to follow you. I've been on this journey. I came, it was Thursday. He says, let's visit. So here's what I feel. This is back to the future. This is what he did for me, and I'm landing this. But for me, this Friday, I'm sitting there, and he took me, same as he did with Peter, Peter then eventually, I want you to get a couple of more kingdom revelation. For some of us, we need a fresh word from him in this season. And hearing that voice of a whole new operating system that we did in the previous season. But it is also to remind us about our first love. So here we are. They're coming in 153 big fish. We don't have the time to go into that, but as they are heading in there, John says, Peter, guys, it is the Lord. They couldn't recognize him on a distance, and it is the resurrected. He changes appearance. Even when you cannot recognize him in this season, do you recognize his voice? Peter had to go on John's voice so far in the journey. Because there's a lot of noise, and we have a lot of noise. What do we need to silence? And he jumps in the water, puts on a cloak, and he swims in, and there is a coal of fire. Whew. When was the last time you had a coal of fire? Let me take you back to the future. 
comes into that place, and it's a painful place because as soon as he swims and Jesus is sitting there and there's fire, but it says it's cold, and Jesus is there. It's called breakfast with Jesus on the beach. Jesus is sitting there, but at that moment, you see those coals and fire. What does it do to him? Boom, brings him right back. I never wanted to forsake you. You're going to be the Lord of my life. I've given everything for you. But that life came along, my emotional tank was low, and I said, and you have even told us in John 13, as I have loved you, you're going to love one another. But then things happen. And when you said that we're going to betray you, and another one in Matthew, you said that it's like sheep. We're going to be scattered. I would never do that. But I realized you told me that before the crow, the rooster crowed three times, I would deny you. But I know myself very well. And I refuse to believe it, but that night, we follow after you. My intention was to save you. And we're coming in. That's how the outside court. We walk inside. John went inside. He had relationship. And he brought me inside. And then there is a fire. And just amen in this season. Be aware of the enemy's fire in this season. When your emotional tank is low, the enemy is going to build a fire for you to try to warm yourself up with the enemy's fire. That moment, oh, are you not the one? No, not me. And the enemy said, no, not me. Oh, we saw you with the ear. Uh, we saw you. No, not me. And then the sound came. That sound. That sound. I did it. I did it again. I did it. The very thing I said I would never do. Fear came in. Shame came in. And guilt came in. <laughs> Still be at the cross. Jesus comes in the resurrection, three resurrection experiences, signs, wonders, and miracles. And he wants to go back to fishing again. Where is that from? What is Jesus doing? He's not pointing to this failure. It's not what he's doing with his fire. But what he does, he's healing his past to set him up for Pentecost. So that you will... It's not how much Jesus loved him. The three questions there is, do you love me the way that I love you? Do you see you the way I see you? Have you seen actually who you are? Have you seen the first time when I saw you as a young drug addict? And when I said to call you to follow me, I saw you as an ambassador of love to the nation. You have seen yourself based upon your behavior, or based upon your failures, or based upon what the enemy did, or based upon all of those things. But let me tell you something about you. I saw you later on in life. When you were young, you could do this. But I saw you. You're bold. You're courageous. It's up on this rock, up on this identity. I will build a church. You got something. This is what I've seen about you all the time. This is what I've loved. I believe that about you. But until you believe in you the way that I believe in you, you will never be transformed. I know you believe in me, but I believe in you. That day in my office, that fire took me back and visited shame, guilt, fear, lust, different things. It was a few months ago, including my last vacation to Norway. The guy that drove me into the mountain, broke my back, body cast, 11 years on opiates. Wanted to pay me off, say it was not his fault. Never, uh, I had forgiven, but that day I'm sitting there. But for me, I'm just allowing that love to go back. I sat with him for four and a half hours. We're not talking over 22 years. And I just sat down with him. Why? Because when the sun set free, is free in. What he's doing is he's healing our past, but he's showing us our destiny, our future. 
But what he wants to deal with before Pentecost, the very move of God's spirit that is coming, he wants to deal with a root issue. It's not just how much he loves you. You know that. But for you to look in that mirror and see you the way he sees you, and for you to love you the way that he loves, it's called covenant at one moment with him. Hold on, Lord. Allow me. I need to have a second plan or go back to fishing and try something else. And by Acts 19.10, everyone in Asia had heard the gospel. Eleven extraordinary men. A whole different person. You're going to be a whole different person. Can we stand to our feet? Is that helpful?